to Very Amusing, your one-stop shop for the stories, secrets, and shenanigans of a popcorn-fueled theme park journalist. I'm Carly Wiesel, and I should not have had granola the second before I recorded this because I feel like I have like I have gravel in my throat and I am trying to project on top of it because I can't talk quietly. I can't talk quietly. I gotta yell. I actually, I don't know if I admitted this publicly yet, but I recorded a big chunk of last week's podcast while Pearl was napping, and I noticed that it just felt sad because I was talking a little quieter and I wasn't allowed to be as enthusiastic as I prefer to be. So Pearl is up. She is currently trying peanut butter for the first time or bomba uh, if you're in the know. If you're Israeli or (laughs) if you have children, you know what bomba is. But she's awake, so I'm allowed to yell as much as I want. But that doesn't matter. None of that matters because we have two things to talk about. One is that if this episode sounds a little different, it shouldn't. But the vibe is different because I completely rearranged my office, which is maybe not news for anyone but me. But because of this, now whenever I post a clip of video interviews, hold on one second, granola again, huge mistake. I should have just had the pastry that was sitting on the counter. I was trying to be good. This is what I get. This is what I deserve for eating pumpkin granola. Anyway, so I rearranged my office. So now I'm sitting in front of a gallery wall. So when you see a video of a future interview, you're going to see a bunch of art behind me instead of an empty bulletin board, which is what I used for years during COVID, during Zooms, during everything. Just a boring, boring background because I wasn't going to put my to-do list on the bulletin board and have you guys look at my to-do list and realize that this woman needed to buy new sneakers for about two and a half years and never did. Never did. They're wearing through the bottom. It's really bad. I don't know why. Why did they change? I bought Asics and like they change every year and then they're completely different and then you got to find a new model you're in love with. Ugh, so a whole other thing. But regardless, what you need to know is that for our interviews, because we have a stacked deck coming up, I think I'm recording four or five in the next week and a half. So there are a lot of good episodes coming, but you're going to see a beautiful background full of art, including an oil painting of my mother as a child. It's kind of an oil painting style. It has to be a painting. Uh, My framed... (laughs) Which I, when we did the frame bridge ad, uh, my framed Muppets art. I also have a framed, um, uh, what, what else? Uh, photos from my wedding. I have this framed, like, old 80s or 90s poster thing. It's kind of cardboardy, but it's, I'll just post these online, but it's like the whole gang in front of Cinderella Castle with balloons. It's very retro. It's amazing. Uh, I have a Muppet parody calendar and it's the Muppets as the cast of Seinfeld. You will see all of this going forward. No more boring bulletin board. The only other thing I need to mention up top, because yeah, that was (laughs) a necessity to, uh, to hint at special guests coming up with fun backgrounds. The other thing we have to talk about, which I'm not even going to say it's news. I'm going to say it's earth shattering and it went unnoticed somehow is that Disneyland Resort is basically casting the entire cast of Turning Red like every single character in Turning Red is currently being cast for Disneyland Resort this broke last week I saw it on Scott Gustin's Twitter aka um, Disney CNN essentially and they're casting everyone in Fortown but not only that they're casting all of May's friends all of May's friends. And I don't want to get excited, but one of the things I saw in the actual Disney career audition announcement when I looked into it is that they're asking for performers to have three full days of availability. So to me, that signals that this is not a one day event. This is not a one, like a, a Pixar 
Pixar Pier something or whatever, um, or like a, a holiday thing. This is an actual casting. And to me, I thought about it, and I think that they're not they're not casting May, which makes me think that Panda May will be coming to Disneyland Resort. I pray, I pray, I hope, I pray, uh, because the costume exists, as you heard here first on our uh, during our interview with the creators of the film, but also. Be, and also because the costume has been at, I believe, it was Shanghai Disney Resort, but also because, I don't know, they're casting the entire cast of Turning Red, and, you know, Disneyland goes big for Lunar New Year, so I am hoping, praying, that that means there will be a huge Disney Pixar Turning Red presence at Lunar New Year this year. If there is, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm fully going to lose my mind. I'm so excited just thinking about it. If we get a show, even if we just get a, can you imagine meeting everyone? Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Okay, I don't, I don't want to get too excited, but... If all I've ever wanted was to hug Panda May, and if it happens, I'd be thrilled. Now, to change gears away from the best movie of all time, (laughs) uh, this week we are talking about something festive of this season, not of uh, seasons in the future in 2024. We are talking about Halloween Horror Nights. And if you are too scared to go to Halloween Horror Nights, or if you go and just kind of need to know what to expect on the other coast because you've been to Hollywood, you haven't been to Orlando, you've been to Orlando, you haven't been to Hollywood, this episode is for you. And if you have no intention of going, uh, just have a little bit of fascination with why everyone is obsessed with this, this episode will explain to you why people like it, even if they don't like being scared. I have a love-hate relationship with HHN. I am scared of it. I enjoy going, but it is not easy for me. So I'm hoping that with today's app, we can kind of uh, shed some light on what this is, what you can expect, the differences coast to coast. And if you do ever go, what you can do to make the experience a little more joyous and a little less frightening. Uh, That's all. I will turn it over to future me, but here's a few words from our sponsors and see you soon. Today, we are discussing Halloween Horror Nights, the massive annual Halloween event at Universal Parks on both coasts. It's always been the premier Halloween haunt, but lately, it's kind of become a phenomenon. It's always been an institution in Hollywood, something I learned when I moved here and realized, oh yeah, celebrities really do turn out for this. But with social media these days, I do feel like Orlando's event has kind of exploded. Even if you're not seeking out Halloween Horror Nights or HHN videos, they're popping up in your feeds and it's kind of inescapable. Which is interesting, because theme parks in general have a common overlap, but this event really turns that on its side. I am like many of you listening. I love themed environments. I love having fun. And I'm not in this to feel genuine fear or terror or even adrenaline outside the confines of a seat restraint. I'm here to be happy, to be joyous. And these events feel at odds with that until you understand what's actually happening here. There are people who live for HHN season, just like folks live for Disneyland's Halloween season, which itself is a huge and great celebration. But we're not going to review the event or the houses or which one is best or how to hack the lines because this episode isn't for seasoned attendees with tickets in hand. This is for the rest of us, the ones who look on with curiosity, who are constantly begged by friends to come and give a flat no, or who tell their PR reps, "Mm, I think I'm going to sit this one out before eventually caving over and over and over, which is me every single year. 
I've spent time at both, more time in recent years in Hollywood, and I love it, and I hate it, and I like it, and I also despise it, and I do it, but I also kind of hate it, but I always end up having so much fun each and every time. There's something so magical about this much effort going into an event that in a matter of weeks just disappears forever, and I'm fascinated and scared and intrigued all in one. And despite HHN becoming so mainstream in recent years, I feel like it's hard to get the gist on what actually happens here. And how can you know if it's worth going to if you don't really comprehend what it is? Because HHN is extremely unique. Unlike a themed night or a party at a Disney park, these events take over these theme parks in a way no other event does. You are deep, deep backstage and behind the scenes, in temporary structures sometimes, singing all new attractions built just for this event in completely different areas than you usually are on a visit to the park. A lot of what you see online in your feeds or hear about are likely this vague amalgamation of details, like there's a Stranger Things thing, and there's long lines, and people pop out of nowhere in walkways, and chainsaws, but not a wholehearted look at what you can expect before you decide to enter, whether or not you ever choose to attend, and some choice tips on how to brave it if you are curious and perhaps going at some point in time. So my goal for today, with HHN reaching what I think is a cultural apex, is to clue you in on what actually happens here, what you can expect, and if you are one day brave enough to give it a shot, what you can do to make it a little bit easier on yourself. And as a side note, I want to mention that no rules are being broken here at all, at all, at all, at all. But because we will veer into the world of IP and some TV and movie, it personally makes me very itchy to mention film properties at a time when people are likely to watch them on streaming platforms during the season, et cetera, et cetera. So I just want to be very clear and mention that I support the WGA and SAG-AFTRA with every fiber of my being and their strike. I am pro-strike. I am pro those unions. They deserve to be paid fairly going forward, and I hope they can reach a fair resolution soon. And with that, let's get into it. Parents with young kids around, I will dance around and avoid describing any visual details of who or what is inside these spaces so that I don't accidentally cause lifelong problems within your household. Halloween Horror Nights, as most of you probably know, is a seasonal ticketed event on select nights that includes full access to haunted houses, scare zones, select attractions, and additional entertainment. Across it all, there's usually this mix between fresh original ideas and well-known studio IP. Think popular, scary movies and TV shows. And often, the ones that are featured that year end up on both coasts, but with a little different iteration. This year, for example, there's The Last of Us video game and Chucky, both in California and Florida. Now, Halloween Horror Nights Hollywood and Orlando are similar, but they are not the same event. Until a few years ago, Orlando had haunted houses, Hollywood had mazes, and while that terminology has since changed, everything is now a house, it really did fit better. Because while the build-out of both of these experiences is massive, the scale is much, much larger in Orlando. On paper, you might see that The Exorcist Believer, themed to a new film, or Stranger Things is featured in Florida and California, but it is often done in quite a different way. Not to shame my home park, which throws a great event, but Universal Orlando has more space. They are not in the middle of Los Angeles, and therefore they have the capacity to make their sets phenomenal. The ones in Hollywood are fantastic, but Universal Orlando will always have a leg up where that's concerned. And if you're a theme park person who doesn't really get all of this, you will, at a minimum, deeply appreciate the unfathomable level of immersion and detail within these shockingly temporary spaces. Shocking, because they look 
so good and so permanent. This may even be how you get into HHN and why you go because of appreciating the theming. I mean, they'll have similar scenes in a house that appears on both coasts, but Orlando, again, just has so much space to build out and often will build truly stunning set pieces as well as these large-scale character moments. If you want to see a little of what I mean, look up Dead Man's Pier Winter's Wake from HHN 2022 in Florida. They basically built a whole fishing village with a huge boat. You would think it was a permanent set. It's extraordinary, but even the building facades and the experiences on both coasts is great. But what I personally love about HHN, while I actively fear it, is that it's not all traditional frights within these houses, and it changes all the time. It's definitely got that. But not all houses are the things you'd expect, since they take a creative approach each year to what can be scary, quote-unquote scary. Take The weekend's Fright-Filled Nightclub in Hollywood, or Bugs Eaten Alive at Universal Studios Florida last year. With its absolutely goofy gigantic bug costumes and a very cool 1950s aesthetic, it existed in massive contrast to houses like Jason or Michael Myers in years past. Once you're inside one of these haunted houses, you're essentially winding your way through a series of very different themed spaces. Some have small hallways, some have larger rooms, some have disconcertingly innocuous spaces within the entire experience in one house. But there's always a story, there's always a vibe that shifts throughout, and always, 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 people popping out. People be popping out. The majority of scares will come from these people and creatures randomly appearing. And this is often done through what is lovingly called a boo hole, essentially a black curtained walkway or set piece that characters pop out from behind. They have done a lot of innovation. Uh, sometimes you'll, you'll see it coming and sometimes you will not. But scare actors will appear in nearly every space, sometimes solo. Sometimes there will be two in the same scene, but it's rare if ever, that you'll see more than one busting out together or even a whole group of people descending on you, which does not happen. Essentially, I'm speaking to my people who are also a little freaked out by the Dementor scene in Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. If you are like that, I am with you, and it's not that type of fear. It's more like uh, more like the spider <laughs> on that ride than the Dementor scene. But not everybody popping out is a quote-unquote bad guy. Sometimes it's actors to establish that someone is missing or someone needs help, but yeah, I'm trying to let you down easy. The bulk of it is a monster or creature or person intended to terrorize you. Part of the reason why it's so scary when this happens is not just that they come out of nowhere, but also because there are sound effects tied to each person popping out, which is why I recommend earplugs 100,000%. We'll get into that later. That's later in the episode. We're not even there. But Trust me on this one, heed my warning, it is make or break. Without those clear sound cues of them jumping out, everything feels duller in a very good, very approachable way. And what's great about the way Universal does this is that everything in the house is moves forward. No creature will come from behind and snatch you. And if you've passed the space something is in that you're scared of, you're fine. You're gone. Once you're gone, you are gone. And I will echo this throughout the episode. But no one can touch you. At any point, anywhere, no one is allowed to physically touch you, period. So it's really the element of surprise above all. The cues to get into these houses are long, and that's a whole thing. Again, I'm trying to put my little service journalism hat in the backseat right now so we can just talk about the event in this way, but there's a lot of follow-up there if you want to visit, explore the different options because you may want to upgrade so that you are able to see more while you are there. However, (laughs) I can't help it. I can't help but help. Um, 
But when it is busier, depending on how they pulse people through in the house, you'll likely be walking in some sort of conga line. So if you're a fraidy cat, this is good because it means you're never really going to feel alone in a big, open, scary space, which to me is the most frightening possibility. While this event may not look fun on the surface, I promise it is. You will walk through so many different themed spaces in one haunted house and then do that over and over and over again, sometimes within the same experience. Even if you only do a couple houses on your visit, it really does feel like you get so much out of the experience. You see so much. And once your brain and body kind of get on board with what's happening, it does get easier and more fun to spend time in these meticulously designed spaces. And dare I say it, you may even get to a point by the end of the night where when they do scare you, it's even fun. Because even if you're a pro, they'll get you. Oh, they'll get you. Sometimes they'll fake you out with a misleading set piece. They're so good at designing these. It is bonkers. There's sometimes something that looks like a boo hole and whoops, someone comes out from behind a secondary space behind a wall instead. Or you'll be immersed in a big set on your left only to have someone pop out from the right. But even if you are absolutely petrified to even step into the park during one of these events, it's worth mentioning that you are never actually alone in these houses. Never, ever, ever, ever. Something people don't talk about often, or often enough, I think, is that there are theme park employees everywhere. Everywhere. There is an official employee presence working as security in most of the rooms. They are there for performer safety, for your safety, and seeing them, if you're anything like me, helps you recognize that, yes, this is not a crumbling barn filled with sentient scarecrows, but in fact, a funky little performance art piece. Anyone who's uttered the words Genie Plus knows firsthand that vacations require time, money, planning, energy. And if you put all that effort into enjoying your trip already, why not extend the highlights of that getaway into your everyday with FrameBridge? Put that vintage Epcot ticket up in your office and give it a little personality. Surprise your kid with their favorite character's autograph immortalized on the wall of their room. FrameBridge makes it so easy and affordable to custom frame any photo, park map, or even cocktail napkin from a theme park hotel bar in just minutes. You can mock up exactly what it'll look like on their website before you even spend a dime. Things ship fast and they ship for free, and their colorful custom framing means they'll not only help you plan your gallery wall, but make sure your place looks cooler than the interiors of that mid-century modern home within Spaceship Earth. I love the mementos I framed with FrameBridge so much that I rearranged my entire office so I can enjoy them daily. This is not a bit. This is this is true life. They're the backdrop to my podcast Zoom interviews, my Instagram stories, and even the goofy photos we take of Pearl tip-tapping away at my keyboard like she's a miniature employee. Too often, our favorite memories of a vacation are tucked inside our phone or shoved within a drawer. And it thrills me to no end that because of FrameBridge, I can finally be surrounded by my memories. FrameBridge makes custom framing easy, affordable, and enjoyable. And on top of that, their happiness guarantee ensures that no matter what, you'll wind up with something you love. To get started, head to FrameBridge.com, because your precious travel memories shouldn't have to stay in the past. That's FrameBridge.com. Something else that doesn't translate as well on social media these days is how often you are just scattered throughout the theme park in a way you aren't usually. Walkthrough houses weren't on the back lot as much in Hollywood the last year or two compared to when I went before, but you are definitely going beyond the berm in a way that can be very exciting for someone who usually just visits Disney, where that line is so strict and rarely ever broken. 
But there's more than just houses. There are also these scare zones, open walkthrough areas filled with characters and scares. Now, in houses, the actors will stand their ground, but I kind of find these walkthrough scare zones to be the most frightening part of HHN, since people will run up around you. You will rarely see a character leave their tiny little space in the houses, but out here, someone will walk past you and then unwittingly run up behind you from the other direction, which we will discuss how to get out of at the end. But if you are me, this is what you need to be most aware of because you simply cannot avoid these walkthrough spaces. In Hollywood, there's one right when you enter the park by the hub and the upstairs portion of the park, and then there's one right after it. So you kind of can't arrive to the event without doing it. And the same situation exists in Florida. They're in almost all of the walkways there, but basically there's one when you enter straight ahead and also to the right. So unfortunately, you're going through. This is what scared me the most when I first went to HHN, and I, to this day, do not like them. I do not like the unpredictability. However, I will say it has gotten better, because a few years ago at Universal Studios Hollywood, they would have a scare zone in a tunnel that you had to walk through to go through the back lot to other houses. And it it was terrifying. It was filled with people wielding chainsaws, and you were just stuck in this tunnel. And thankfully, they don't have that this year. They didn't have it last year, but it was bad. And even compared to the normal ones, it was very, very scary. Which is why I want to remind you, the thing I will say here again and again, they cannot touch you. They can get very close to you because this is where that will happen. And also, this is where the majority of those chainsaws are that you hear so much about. They are loud. They are smelly. They aren't real. They can't cut you, but they sure look and feel like they can. Because if someone's walking up to you with a chainsaw and it's blaring that loud, your brain is going to think... That's a chainsaw. Now, of everything, I think this is the biggest hurdle of the event. But thankfully, you can scoot through and quickly be done with it. But you are likely to get scared here. And it's a real scare. It's a real scare. And I still don't love it to this day. But it is what it is. And it's part of the event. There is also additional entertainment as part of HHN. Uh, Universal Studios Hollywood this year, they have a purge kind of retheme of Waterworld. I myself have not seen that yet, but I'm scared. Nothing scares me more than the purge. The purge is too real. It's too real. And there's also a Blumhouse walkthrough experience. They uh, used to have live performances from Jabberwockies. I don't think that's happening this year because the space that that was in is no longer there. And there are Death Eaters on both coasts, in Hogsmeade at Universal Studios Hollywood and a Diagon Alley in Orlando, where there's also a pyro live show. There's always some sort of live entertainment that I appreciate as a break from the houses, even if if you're going here for the houses, you're not likely to prioritize it. Hollywood also has the Hollywood Terror Tram Tour, where you hop on the tram as you would usually, except it has a different theme, obviously, and then you get off and walk through the sets you see on the actual tram tour. I found that to be pretty scary. I had never done it, even though I've been to HHN in Hollywood before. I'd never done it until last year, and I, I, don't, like, I don't like the big open spaces. I don't like the big open spaces. Uh, it wasn't, and the maze set up there, I didn't, I didn't love either. But it's worth doing because it is very, very unique. Now, I think I've told you everything there is to know about HHN, so we're going to get into my number one tips, how to survive this event. And basically, I learned the hard way that my number one fear in life is things popping out, people popping out of nowhere, creatures popping out of nowhere, toast popping out of the toaster, all of it really, really scares me. And the way I learned this was on my bachelorette party at Disney World, where I went on Dinosaur for the first time, having never been to Disney World as an adult, and I thought, oh, I love rides. This will be great. And then realized, 
Oh, this is what I'm scared of. What I'm scared of is the ride Dinosaur is a dark space where things pop out and you don't expect it. I was not okay after that ride. And that is essentially what HHN is. So even if you are someone like that, someone like me, you can get over it. You can build up a tolerance to be able to appreciate and enjoy all the fun that can be had at this event. My number one tip is to bring earplugs. Pack them in advance. Buy them in advance. Put them in your car. Put them in your purse. Put them in your wallet, wherever you can fit them so that you do not forget them. If you can, pack a backup pair in case you lose one. They are essential year after year, even after after I'm a seasoned HHN attendee, you simply need these if you are anywhere on the scare spectrum because they will help dull the sharp noises and frights in a very palatable way. I was recently given a pair of Loops brand earplugs by my friend Alex, and I love them. She had sworn by them for years. I'm new to them, but I use them at Era's tour when, yeah, I was on Taylor Swift. I don't want to brag, but I did wear them at the Taylor Swift show, and they really helped because you can still hear what's happening, but it dulls it in a way that makes it okay. It was very loud in that venue, but once I had my little earplugs in, I could still hear what was going on. And it was great. I will leave a link to them in the show notes in case you're not familiar with them, but I highly recommend them. Uh, I will be packing those and standard disposable earplugs when I go to HHN this year just to have both options and because I always lose tiny things. It's just who I am, but I highly recommend those. Again, I'll place a link for those if you want them. They're great. They're great. And I saw a lot of people using them, so I think they're kind of catching on. If you want to experience HHN or you're just a little curious still after this podcast episode, watch walkthroughs of the houses on YouTube. If you're going far enough in advance, you may be able to look for a lights on tour or an actual physical walkthrough. Universal Studios Hollywood did that this year for pass holders. I know they've offered it in Orlando in the past, but it can make a humongous difference. Still, for now, the easiest, most convenient, and cheapest option is to watch them online, on your phone, or your computer, wherever. And I would recommend doing it either of this year if you want to intentionally spoil it, or just to build yourself up, watch them of years past. Now that low-light cameras are so much better, any within the past four or five years should be great, and you can really get a gist for what you should expect. It similarly helps with knowing what things to fear when you are in these houses. We're talking big open spaces. Big open spaces always mean something is coming. Forests, cemeteries, church steps. If you see something like that, if you're walking in a big open space, if you're physically there, watch out. <laughs> watch out because someone's popping out from behind that tree. Someone's coming out from behind a row of candles. It, It is happening. If you see a black hallway, congratulations. It is never just a black hallway. Someone is about to pop out. If you are in a scene where there is a house element, there's a lot of houses that occur. House, house in a house. <laughs> There's a themed house within the haunted house. If you are in a house, watch out for stairs. Watch out for any hallway with artwork. That artwork's not artwork, baby. This is not artwork. Someone, someone's going to be popping out of that frame. And also, if you ever see a mannequin in a seated or arrested position, you're kind of in trouble because that mannequin is either a person who's about to scare you or you're looking at a mannequin in a seated or arrested position thinking it could be a person when really there's a person on your left about to pop out. <laughs> It's a fake out. They get you all the time. They're very good at this. And I know this is a lot to handle, but remember, these are just theater kids. They're performing. Even the most frightening of gory, goofy creature you'll encounter is kind of high art if you look at it from that perspective. So if you think through that lens, it makes it go down much easier. Still, whatever you do, don't be a target. 
People who work a seasonal job like this do it because they love it. They enjoy this. It is fun for them. And the most fun they're going to have at work is getting a scream out of an unsuspecting passerby. So be boring. Be as boring as can be for them. Don't look scared. Don't look interested. Uh, don't, don't look anywhere except for around you in every direction to make eye contact and know that they are coming. If they cannot surprise you, they're not going to have fun with you, especially in scare zones. This is the rare space where they can come at you from all angles and will, and that forward-moving mentality in the houses does not apply. So do this the most here. I sometimes call it being a hardened New Yorker, if you know what I mean. Just... Just no nonsense. Do not let them bother you. And unfortunately, to generalize for most women, we are used to being very aware of our surroundings at night. So just kind of, if you know what I mean, channel that my car is two blocks away and there's no one on this street energy and you will be okay. Unfortunately, that is life for many of us, but it, I guess, helps a tiny bit here. Also, wear dark colors. I learned this the hard way the first year when I wore a rainbow-striped shirt, and it was a huge mistake. Saw me coming from a mile away. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. I will never forget when Craig Williams from The Diz, friend of the pod, friend of real life, saw me wearing that, knew how scared I was to be, HH, be at HHN, finally committed, and laughed at me like I was an absolute fool, which I was. So learn from my mistakes. And speaking of Craig, if you can, go with people who love this stuff. The scares within the houses come in waves. If it's busy, you will be in that conga line situation I mentioned. But even if you're not, these houses all rely on timing. And because of this timing, they will need a few second lull between scares. So if you are one or two people behind someone who's absorbing that hit, especially if there's a break between them and a group ahead, so they are getting the scare, they're absorbing that scare, you will be able to get through much more easily. Leading the pack is not for the faint of heart. My first visit to HHN was with Craig and Rhino of the Diz, and Craig was in front filming, and I was basically clutching my sweaty little palm and rhinos, which was the ideal way for me to do it. Even to this day, I really miss Rhino whenever I go. So definitely hide behind someone, hold a hand, but whatever you do, catch up to the group in front of you and don't be the one leading the pack. <laughs> every every person for themselves. And if you happen to be in a group of people who are all scared, I'm sorry, just push someone else to the front. My friend Amon took a lot of the hits last year. Uh, love you, girl. I'm sorry. You had a cute scream, so you got it. Uh, she really led our line and I, I, didn't, I didn't have to... I didn't have to take the hit because of it. Thank you, Amon. I'm sorry. But thank you. But I'm sorry. But thank you. When you are packing your bag, just uh, switch gears from me shoving a friend in front. Um, <laughs> when you're packing your bag, bring a water bottle and pack throat lozenges. You will be thirsty from screaming and your throat will hurt the next day. Your voice will be gone or sore. You will probably lose it from screaming. Are we having fun? I promise it's fun. You're going to scream so much you'll lose your voice and you'll have a great time. But my favorite goofy tip of all of them is that when you are fearful, when you don't know how to get out of this without running through and you're starting to panic, just be Midwestern. Just say hello. Be pleasant. Say hi to the security people working in the houses. Wave hello to Creature. It is off-putting. It is weird. And it just might be the thing you need to kind of feel like a toddler at the zoo instead of an adult who paid to be scared out of their wits. Doing HHN is fun, I promise. But doing HHN when you're scared and you do it anyway really is the best. You will feel so great after. So accomplished. So brave. And that kind of makes
makes it all worth it. Promise yourself a little reward, a sweet treat, maybe even a drink to take the edge off if you imbibe. I've done this with and without, and these tips still apply regardless. And whatever you do, have fun. Have so much fun. And if you're not there yet, just follow these tips. And one day, if you do want to go to HHN, you will be there. Happy haunts! Hi, Carly. Uh, my name is Jeff. I had a quick question during this night in Paris. I am planning to visit next week for the first time. And I'm having a hard time deciding if I want to visit the studios park or not. I know that that park is basically worse than BCA 1.0. And I also know that they're going through a bit of a expansion and change up. So, you know, I've been on Ratatouille and Epcot. I don't usually think I need to do that again. So, I'm a way of here, but I do need a another person's opinion. So, I get Anyways, you can let me know what you think. I would appreciate it. Thanks. Fantastic call. And I do strongly feel that I am the right person for this question because as much as I have dragged Walt Disney Studios Park, the other park at Disneyland Paris at that resort, uh, as much as I have dragged it in the past, I'm going to tell you to go. And it's not just because Crush Coaster is fun and people really enjoy it. And it's not just because they opened a new Avengers campus and it's pretty cool to see that compared to the one here. It's because it is one of the rare glimmers at Old Disney. Old Disney is going away. Old attractions in the park are being rethemed. That retro feeling is kind of dissipating more and more as more construction comes to these theme parks. They are such huge destinations now that everything is being rethemed. Things that are a little old on the edge could go away at any minute. So if you have the opportunity while you're there, you're already at Disneyland Paris, it sounds like. You're already going to the park. Why not just swing through Walt Disney Studios Park just to see it before it changes forever? Because that park will change forever. It will not have the experiences and the theming it has today. There's no way. It can't sustain it. It's some of the things there are comical. And I think that to see it with your own eyes, to go in and to know what to expect is a must. And, and also the uh, just the the comparison between the new and the old at that park right now is fascinating. Again, they have Avengers Campus. They have this massive new space that seems more built out than the one we have in California. I have not been since it opened. I went to Disneyland Paris before they opened Avengers Campus. Uh, but to see that just butt up against other experiences that or no, I'm not going to call anything out by name, but things that may feel a little dated, under construction, a little old, or things that have been vaguely recently rethemed that just don't fit the bill. I just feel like, and this isn't me holding any secret information, this is just in my gut, I feel like if you're there, you gotta see it in its current iteration before it's all shiny and new. So yes, go to Walt Disney Studios Park, have um, have a terrible hamburger. <laughs> And have a great day. Have so much fun on your trip. Have so much fun. And thank you for calling. That's our show! Thank you all so much for listening and for joining me in our uh, Halloween time festivities. 
You can rate, review, and follow Very Amusing on Apple Podcasts or rate and follow us on Spotify. And I know I say this every week, but it is kind of a big deal. So if you could take a few seconds out to just, I don't know, give us like a five-star ranking, show your love. It, it means a lot to me and to future friends who will join in this very amusing circle. A future, future musies, if you will. You can give us a call anytime at 747churros, send us a voice note, text it to 747churros, or email it to 747churros at gmail.com. Thank you so much for the calls and messages coming in. We are on it. I'm trying to get to more. Uh, they're just, there's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of good ones. It's just, it's just challenging. So expect a churros episode in the future. You can buy Very Amusing merchandise at very-amusing.com. And you can follow me, Carly Weisel, at Carly Weisel on the Twitter thing, on the Instagram thing, on occasionally the TikTok thing while joining the family at facebook.com slash groups slash Carly Wiesel. This episode was edited, thankfully, by Jeff Fox. We're not even gonna, we're not even gonna look up and research a word in my word book. Yeah, I have a word book. It's underneath my mic stand. Surprise, a little inside, inside knowledge. I'm just thankful for Jeff. I'm thankful for me meeting the deadline. <laughs> that, that means I can have Jeff up and edit the episode. Thank you, Jeff, for everything. And thank you so much for listening. See you real soon. Hi, honey. I love the episode. I love that you got away for a day and joined your friends in Orlando at Disney. I'm so glad you really need that to rejuvenate. I'm so glad you did that. Um, I'm glad I got to see you in New York for a couple of days. Yay! That was really, really nice. I know that's not Disney context, but I love to say that. Um, but LaGuardia, awesome airport. Haven't been there in years. It was fabulous. I went to Junior's for lunch. It was so nice. I shopped a little. It was great. I'm very surprised you brought home four huge boxes of Gideon, but thank God you had that bag from Disney Paris that I made you buy, and it all fit, and it's great, and I'm so glad you did that in a day. It was a wonderful episode, and I can't wait till next week. I love you so much, and I love you so much, Carly. See you soon. Bye, honey.